everyone, Alan here. We're so excited to share this next leg of our journey with you. And if you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. If you're enjoying the show, which we hope you are, I guess, consider sharing it with your friends. Or if you have the time, reviewing us on whatever platform you listen to us on is a great way to show your support. If you want to show us even more support, head on over to lesmediagroup.com and sign up for LES Plus, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ep- extra episodes, and for this season in particular, we have post-show wraps that are only available there. So definitely go over and check those out too. Seriously, thank you so much for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us. Without further ado, welcome to Miriam. What did you just say? Come rap with us. Are oh, we, are we going to wrap? Are we rapping in this episode? Yeah, wrap up episode. Come rap oh, with us. Oh, <laughs> I was confused by the words you were saying. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. It's fine. You're in this room. The door has just closed behind you. Daroga looks like he's about 40 years old. Blonde hair, just starting to gray. With a clean shaven face and great wisdom for his age. He stands tall for a human, about six feet, with a lithe form evident from his well-tailored outfit. He wears khaki slacks tucked into expensive leather boots and a white shirt with blue pinstripes beneath a leather vest. Bits of jewelry adorn him, from rose gold cufflinks and a formal brass belt buckle to various rings on his different fingers. An intricate scepter with a ruby tip hangs across his back, with a tanned leather strap, inlaid with incredibly delicate gold filigree. I want both of you to roll me investigation checks. Oh boy. Ugh. I'm not rolling higher than a 10 today. Dang, sorry. You said 17. 17. Investigation? Nice, yeah. 13. 13, okay. Her, on his left finger, is a gold ring with a simple Levitican L embossed onto its face, signifying his allegiance. Abaddon, on his left index finger, is a ring of gloss red metal etched with the image of a large spire and the words Seminar Cane 172 with highest distinction. You realize this is a university class ring awarded with graduation merits. Daroga says to you, uh, can you please take off your shoes at the door? If you don't mind me tracking in plans. Oh, no, you're fine. It's, it's okay. Uh, I cannot take the shoes off fast enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Daroga's lair bears few similarities to your exper- expectations of a wizard abode. Only a small alchemy kit currently heating a vial of liquid silver indicates a mage lives here. 
There are no grand shelves of books, only a podium that he rests his black tome upon next to the main entrance, the face now eyes closed and not activated. The floor is a lush and incredibly soft carpet, now interlaced with a small amount of moss, and his desk is a flat marble slab. The chairs are all rich leather recliners, and the walls here are tastefully decorated with framed paintings, more figurative than abstract. One of the paintings on the walls is of a skeleton, obviously painted with thick acrylic brush strokes. The skeleton holds a lit cigarette in its mouth. It has a black background, and it looks onward into the distance. The next paintings are a set of two. The one on the left is a man that looks up and towards the left. Pieces of his mind seem to be fracturing away as he looks into an expanse of white. The other is a woman who looks down and away from the man. Her mind also looking as if there is paint flecks that pull away from her head. The background on her painting, though, is dark. The last painting seems to be of a relief of soldiers. One carries a Levitican banner, the others with an incredible set of weapons, a magical sword, a wand, and these rays of light carved behind it. Standing in front of the relief is what looks to be a drow man, scars covering his entire body, long, jagged. A hand rests upon the relief. He looks away in shame. He looks back at both of you, and he motions towards some of the recliners, and he says, Would you like to sit? I walk up to the book. I look at its face, and I say, Is he asleep? I'm the book. Her eyes, like, widen, and she just says, What? I just use the book as a vessel. I mean, you can put people in robot bodies, so I didn't think putting somebody in a book would be that, you know, far off. No, yeah, it's just me projecting my consciousness now. That's so cool. Can I read it? No. Why? It's mine. Please? No. Okay. She goes and sits down. Do do you have my book? Yes, I have to keep it in my other office, though, so that they don't get suspicious. I promise you will have it back. Okay. And then I'll go sit. Um, my real name is Roland Albertine. Um, we have a lot to talk about. But what do you want to start with? Um, I can tell you about me. I want to make sure that you trust me. I can give you some lowdown on, on who I am, if that helps. Why are you helping us? It's a long story. Uh, I've kind of become jaded with what's going on here. I have a lot of pain wrapped up in this place. Um, you know what? 
I had this whole thing prepared, so I'm going to go ahead and actually, I'm actually, and he pulls out some papers and he says, oh, I have these bullet points. Okay, I'm going to actually go through this. And he, he starts to read off these bullet points and he goes, all right, for context, Roland Albertine, and he points towards himself and he says, um, my sister Roja and I were born twins. And luckily enough, you know, we had psionic telepathic connections that intertwined us from birth. Um, we learned that our minds were conjoined quite quickly, inseparable in proximity and thought. Um, schooling was super easy for us. With uh, two minds solving every problem, we began to diverge in our respective interests in our teenage years, but she went into divination magic, and I studied scrivenation, which is changing the effects of spells and writing down as many as I could, understanding. Um, his face opens up with kind of a longing, reminiscent smile. And he says, we studied together, even during university exams, sitting outside each other's actual lecture halls with notes and tomes to think the answers to each other uh, and ace every test. Hmm. Uh, they called us prodigies. And that was what caught the attention of what we thought was a scientific embassy. Somebody came to speak with us, interviewing us for two open positions, but really... They knew what we were. They were evaluating our loyalty to each other and our connection and abilities. Of course, we were cheated on the quest. We cheated on the questions like usual, but that's what they expected of us. That's what they desired of us. We got our dream jobs here in Eden and all the money and access in the world to keep us comfortable and loyal. My first experiment, contrary to the things that my sister went on to do, tried to help people. I bought the soul of a terminally ill guard with his and his next of kin's signed permission and waited for him to naturally pass on to capture his soul. Souls are tricky. You can't capture the whole metaphysical thing. We can only capture a sliver of one. My experiment was to take a soul into a dockant made with a material card called cardolin, it's not relevant, and then, and then plant it into a peacekeeper, appropriately modeled to accept new intelligence, process its own orders, act without commands, a new everlasting life for those who accepted it. The process worked, but the soul often rejected its reality. Over time, we created emotional inhibitors to help adjust this new LV series of constructs to the world. I have now learned to bear the burden of creating the Warforged, trying to do right for the Levitican citizens with every new iteration, but I've never been able to stand the practice on Avians, not after Sfijay. Um, who's that? Um, 15, the 15th Avian that we created here. You made a viance. The ley line creates them. If you think I know what that is, you will. It's that big pillar of light in the center of the large atrium. It makes a viance. Every now and then. We didn't really know how to do it in the beginning. We found that there would be fractions of souls that would try and inhabit things. We've only really had three successes of creating an avian. Maybe four. I guess if you count one of them. 
but 15, or Sphige. Originally, we believed Evians to be a facsimile of sentience, or a frag fragmented version of it. The prime directive was to determine what they were and how harmless or how harmless they were and how to harness them. Fourteen was my first encounter, but fifteen was my first assignment. I wanted to help them make make him whole. I placed his essence in a docent in Cardolan, believing it to be more stable than an organic form, and replaced his heart with it. My experiment was to awaken the shard, using magic to heal the soul to its fullest potential. He went insane, just like the Warforged. Huh. Uh, eventually, I was able to get him released under the guise of a free-roaming tool to find other Avians, but instead, Sphige hunted down other Avians. And eventually, he tried to kill his brother, Fourteen, and he succumbed to his own hubris. I found him dead shortly after. I, my creations, my experiments, they've all been turned into abominations of what they once were intended to be. They were meant to help people, and now they are used to subjugate or control, and there are many good things about Levitica. I love this place. But in truth, many people in the government don't even know what's going on here in Eden, and they would disapprove of it. But this place, where you are, as I'm sure you both know, is soul-crushing. And I don't want to see you all go through what war has gone through, and what Sphige has gone through, and what Maxwell is going through. What happened to Flicker? Have you ever heard of the term metempsychosis? No. I didn't go to school, so no. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. Um, in the most literal sense, it's the transmigration of a soul to a different body upon death. What it means in the context of Eden is the migration of a non-Avian into an Avian body. Has War told you who she really is? No. Not by choice, I'm sure. <laughs> He very clearly kind of, like, deflates a little bit. There's been, like, a small smile across his face for most of the time here. But he says, War was once an Avian named Flicker. We brought them in to study them and learned there was essentially no way to control them. Slowly, however, we were able to break the mind of this living flame, press it into a casket of metal and magic, and form it into the form you see as War now. Eden stands for Evian and Dockant Engineering Nexus. They are not just creating Evians here, they are engineering ways for themselves to become Evians. They see each of you as a potential, eventual vessel for new super soldiers for Levitica. Oh my god. About a year ago, Eden put into full swing what was, what was classified as the Horseman Project. The first Evian to be engineered for this was war. In short, Flicker is not the pilot of the person you call war. Someone named Amanda Warren is. She was chosen from a Levitican school, and as an up-and-coming pyromancer, she was given the opportunity to come here. 
She was a guinea pig, and she volunteered to have her soul implanted into the body of Flicker, becoming a more pow- becoming more powerful than she had ever been. Now, Flicker is no more a passenger in War's body, a prisoner in their own form. That's what they want from you. Your power is so great, so innate to your being that the people of Eden want that for themselves. They will break your will a little at a time. I'm sure you know that, Abaddon. They have tried. Slowly, they will try and repress your consciousness into a smaller and smaller part of your mind until you are nothing but a drop in the ocean that you used to occupy. And then, once you are a passenger in your own body, they place another soul in you, loyal to Levitica, to pilot you around as their own. Is that all they want, then? Control? Yeah. Like they do with the Warforged? Yeah. They just see us as tools? Yes. We're no different than the Warforged, then? I think you are. I know you are. I mean, to them. I mean, I know I am. To but them, I, yeah. I, I don't understand. Because we've always been a Viian. Yes. But they but- are not... They're trying to find ways to turn themselves into Avians. They can't just make themselves Avians. They want your innate power. They want to be us. Oh. They want to use your bodies as vessels. Wait, wait, wait. They're putting their own souls into our bodies. Yeah. To be us. To control you. They're jealous. In a way, yeah. What? They, they don't. The fuck really care if you're being controlled or not. They only know that they want your power and they would do anything to get it. They could have just been like, hey, why don't you work for us and we'll make sure that your life is really cool. And I would have been like, yeah, but now that I know they're trying to fucking kill us. The things that that they want to do with your bodies, with your power, some of them you would not agree to. Just ask Shadow what he's had to do for this place. I don't know if I want him to have to remember that. Actually, I've been meaning to ask, and I didn't know who to ask, but why can I not remember, like, a month of my life? I can remember literally every single day of my life up until that point. And there's just, like, a blank space. You two, and he points at both of you, have been introduced three times. And every time, you try and escape. And every time, Cortex has to wipe your memories and start again. Oh my god. Then how long have, um... How long have we been in Eden, then? Six months is when you started here. And he points towards you, her. How long has Abby been here? years. Oh. Why didn't you help out before? There hasn't been a lot of availability for me to do so. This has been a long time coming. I have to find people on the outside. I have to slowly move my way towards this. It pains me every day that I can't, but it is now that I can pull the trigger. Um, can you get these off? I can. Yes, that's one portion of what we're going to do today. Um, is your sister also working on the inside to help us out? (laughs) Uh, no. (laughs) 
Um, no, she's not. Um, our plan is less about the how of getting out. Uh, once your bindings are off, and he kind of points towards you, Abaddon, I'm quite sure that you will be able to do the getting out part with ease. <laughs> he says, it's more of putting down the bloodhounds that will come after you, after you're gone. I don't think we can stop Vintner. He, he has a lot of ways to find you, but we can stop the ways that he has to find you. Her biggest tool, or sorry, his biggest tool for finding the Warforged, or Avians, is Oracle. I don't think you have met her, but she's quite the unnerving presence to be around. She's become obsessed with Warforged all at the same... She's become obsessed with Warforged and almost becoming omniscient, knowing what happens in every place that there are Warforged all at the same time. She can see through shadow, and I have no doubt that she has been watching your every move through his eyes. She's incredibly skilled in divination magic and is extremely focused on her job, but I think I can handle her if all goes to plan. I should be able to shut down her ability to divine your presence for good, and Vintner won't have his main tool for locating you anymore. This place has taken years from me. If I need to burn some things down before I leave to ensure it does not follow me, I will. I would have no ill will against you if that was what you desired. Um, can you tell me now what y- you do when the bands come off? Oh, honey, we're almost to the good part. No. Come on. I just want to know. <laughs> You've kept me waiting for so long. <laughs> and I'll keep you waiting a little more. You're such a tease. Stop. <laughs> uh, Roland just kind of looks over and he's like, you got to let the drama happen. The drama has killed people. And I would rather it not do that. Because if your powers are dangerous... And I accidentally run towards you while you're doing Every something Every person cool. I've ever killed with my powers was 100% intentional. Oh. His we're, we're friends, right? I believe so. Okay. Okay. His smile kind of drops off when, you know, when you start mentioning all of this and he just says, um, do you have any questions for me? Hmm. I have answers. I know that you've been probably desiring them for a long time. Did they do anything to either of us? Experiment? Do they need to? Did they, since we've been here for six months? It's a long time to break someone. It was easier with Flicker because they weren't... Evians are formed out of the souls of many different people. Mm Mm-hmm. Flicker didn't have a lot of the cohesion that Evians like you two do. Mm. There was a lot of rage, not a lot of confusion, low intelligence, and it was much easier to subjugate them. With Evians as strong-willed, and he kind of looks over towards you, Abaddon, as you two, it is difficult to break you. I stopped going to the lab forever ago. They just hold me to hold me now. Um, well, in a way, uh, yes. Um, 
For when the time is right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna loosen your bindings. The reason that they are currently keeping you around, Abaddon, is because your power is constantly being channeled to keep Eden in a pocket dimension. No freaking way. They are using you to hide this place from the material plane so no one else can see what they are doing here. That's so fucked up. If Once you take those off, Eden is going to be shunted out of that pocket dimension and they will know that you are trying to escape. They will know you are free. And so you have to do it at the right time. Is there a way I could intentionally keep Eden in a pocket dimension? If you kept them on, but you'd have to stay here. They don't work outside of Eden. My powers? I couldn't use my powers to... Not to strictly... I guess I don't know. We haven't been able to test your powers, so I don't know. You're very stubborn. Thank you. I, I do have a question. Yeah. Were Avedon and I like really good friends every time we were introduced? I would say th three out of the four times, yeah. What about the one time? Uh, I think I had to separate you. Why? I think there were fights. I would never fight you. I would fight you. <laughs> I would fight everyone. Don't take it personally, hon. I'm taking it personally. Maybe now I see why we were fighting. <laughs> I mean, you've got a pretty good track record in general. Of what? Uh, three out of the four times you're friends. Oh, yeah, so yeah, So that's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I was going to say track record. <laughs> Nobody can break us. We're unbreakable. And she, like, punches. <laughs> I fully flinch like she's swinging you just on pull, me. just pull back. Your arms raise up. I, I pull back and I square up. I'm like, did you just swing on me? It was supposed to be friendly. I didn't. I, I look look at me. Do you think I could actually punch you and have it hurt? Fair. And I'll sit back down. We'll Probably also need to make sure that you get your magical implements back. Can I have your book? No. Why? I, I'm still distraught. Why can't I read it? It's mine. Can I at least see the inside? No. Is this not enough for you? I No, I, no, no, I, this no. is what you've been very kind and very generous and I would never take any of this for granted, but I'm just really curious what's inside the book because there was a face on it. Yeah, it's me. It's my mind. The things written in the book are my memories, my knowledge, my mind. It's mine. You can't look in my mind. No. Okay, see, if you had prefaced it with it's my mind, I would have dropped it Yeah, but it see, here's the thing. I didn't think I would need to say no this many times. I'm just really curious, okay? I'm, I recognize I'm that. I'm sorry. I, that's why I'm giving you the clarification now. You're probably regretting the decision now, huh? No. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just really curious. I don't want to see you both hurt. How do we move forward, then? Well, first... We need to deal with the robot. Oh my god, Shadow. It's been tasked with observing you. He, he's been tasked. I guess it doesn't really matter. He's that person. He is? He was. Still is. There's a person, there's a soul in there. I guess so. Oracle has a very specific way of observing through Warforged, and she can even control them when the situation necessitates it. We must obviously deal with her eventually, but for now, I can offer you this. 
and he pulls out something that looks like a claw on the end of a half long, half foot long rod. And he says, this will extract the docent from his body and render him inert. Essentially, it will kill him. Then he shall no longer be a problem. We can't kill him. Why not? He's like a... He wouldn't say it to my face, but he's the one that found me when I woke up and he introduced me to the world and he's protected me from everything that has ever tried to get me. He rescued me from being kidnapped the Wait, first time. so you're actually friends with this Warforged? Yes. He means the world to me. He's like my dad. Don't tell him I said that. I don't know if I'm going to get an opportunity, but... Um, you have to go back for him. If that's the case, then makes the necessity of stopping Oracle all that more prevalent. Why is Oracle so... What? I have so many questions. <sighs> While she's asking questions, I will take the claw and keep it on my person. Sure. Yeah, he hands it to you. If we take Shadow out, you said the soul is in the Dalkin? Yeah. Could we put it in another Wolfwood's body? No. Not oh. without grand artificer experience. So if we take it out of him, he's just dead? Yeah. I look over at Abaddon. I'm not doing that. Abaddon doesn't make eye contact with her. Abaddon actually doesn't look at her. I look kind of at the ground, and then I look back at him, and I go, how does that work? How does the claw work? You hold it up to his chest. Oh my god, why are we even entertaining this idea? He's a person. He was a person. They just put the soul in the I was a person, body. too. You're still a person. I am much less of one being here. How does the claw work? Oh my God. You put it up to a chest of a warforged, and you press the button on the back. It will rip through the core of the armor and grab the docent out of it. Will it work on any warforged? It should. It is, however, um, a disposable object. It will work for one usage. And I'm just going to kind of, if I have a pocket or something, sure, yeah. I'll just like tuck it. Yeah, you can kind of like like put it in your belt and then like as you do so, vines just grow over it to hide it. So, yeah. Um, Oracle's real name is Roja Albertine. She's my twin sister. I think I'm really the only one who can pierce into her mind. If anyone can break her focus for a portion of time, it will be me. That's really rough. She has become something far beyond what we were when we got here. I don't even know who she is anymore. He kind of gets frustrated and animated, and he says, they turned my sister quickly on the tour of the facility. The first time we got here, my sister got the bright idea to start casting spells, detect thoughts on the central ley line. Of course, I covered for her, blind screaming on the ground. She was screaming about voices. I told them that, that she could cast to detect magic. I had no reason to lie. They had every reason to believe me. For the first time ever, I didn't know what she was thinking. 
figuratively or, or literally. I never thought they'd find out. Harmless. It was a harmless white lie. But she made sure they did. She immediately, not an hour later, requested approval for casting detect thoughts on the ley line. Naturally, they put the pieces together, reprimanding us both. I took my punishments. But it stung all the more listening to her cry crocodile tears on my behalf. She completely threw me under the carriage. He like, sits down in one of the plush leather chairs and he's like rubbing his temples, obviously emotionally exhausted having to relive that. And he just says, we've never been the same after that. She's never been the same after that. When she got here, it was all for Eden. Once she came into this space, I lost pieces of her. I lost my sister, but they gained a great diviner She's transformed into something not even human anymore. That's rough, buddy. I'm sorry. I just... I can't... Is Oracle something you personally don't want to have to deal with? He kind of like looks down at his at his hands and he's kind of clasping them in front of himself and he says Abaddon, you've suffered enough. But it does not have to be your hatchet to bury. I know I can do it. But if you want to I will take that burden from you he pulls out a map and he lays it on the table and he points towards uh, um, basically a section of Eden it says Eden on it it says all the locations of different things and he points to cell 0E and he says this is where you're held. And he points towards the number 10. And he says, This is where Oracle is. This place is a lot bigger than you've been given the opportunity to see. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look at my arms and be like, And it would be much faster I, to get around. I will get you there. Come here. Do you teleport? You are you are ruining the drama. You have I, to give it a moment. I am so sorry. Just just wait. <laughs> I'm just excited. This is the most action I've seen in apparently months. Here. He hands you a wooden dowel. I take it overwhelmingly hesitantly. He says, bite down. Mm. I do that. You put it in your mouth, you bite down, he grabs your bindings. I look away. Um do either of you read Dwarvish? I don't know if I would have any reason to. I don't know, you know. I do not. Okay. No. As he passes his hands over the um over the bindings, they start to twist in this uncomfortable fashion. Uh Abaddon, 
Let me roll some numbers. Uh oh. Damagey numbers, yeah. How I'm feeling on a pain scale today, apparently. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Abaddon, you feel these this like unnatural tug as from inside your muscles, these spikes just recede back into the bindings. Oh my god. You take 17 piercing damage <laughs> as these bindings one, two, three, four, five, six, all I hate that that's the sound you use for that. Ow. Ow. One, we've taken a long rest since our combat. Yeah, oh, okay. yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I have 17 hit points yes. left, and that yes. would have killed me. <laughs> yeah, no, you have taken many long rests. Let's take those out. Oh, you're oh, dead. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> Plan over, guys. Sorry. Go home. Hey, guys, so I'm, I'm miscalculated. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> As he does so, you can see that these like patches of like sore and calloused and scabbed over skin, you can move it a little bit. And he says, do not remove that. Remember, it's okay. You just can't. Once you take them off, they will know. But I can remove them now. If you wanted to, you could. Wait, um. But, like, when she takes them off, what are we going to do to get out? I've got it covered. You're going to teleport us? No. You are ruining the drama. I am, I am Quit not saying that. going to teleport us. Okay. I trust you. What should I do? My original plan was to go and deal with Oracle. Is there an- another way I can be of assistance? Were you going to kill the Oracle? You ruin the drama for everything. <laughs> you really need to stop saying that. I'm just guessing all your plans before you do them. <laughs> he just says, it. he says, as tough as it would be, that is what I would need to do to make sure that you were safe. She has committed crimes against your people more than is deserved. She has used Warforge to hunt you down. It would give us the greatest advantage if... Cortex and Vetner were accounted for while we pursued Oracle. He kind of rubs his chin with his hand and he starts to you can obviously see these like cogs turning in his head and he says I can probably make that happen. Do you also want to get out of here then? Uh, the light behind his eyes kind of fades a little bit, and you can see there's like this pain going on behind it. And he says, I don't know if I should. This place is a prison to my. It's a prison to the me that used to exist. And. I don't know if if I go out into the world who's to say that I'm not going to cause the same pain I've already done you you're the only person that can change you and if you're only scared of yourself nothing's ever going to change that's the same logic that keeps us prisoner here then we are not so different but you're the one who's trying to get us out you deserve to be out and you deserve to be out too. You can't stand around forever. Look. You could do more good out there than in here. 
I have created beings. I have created ways of extending life unnatural. I've created the Warforged. I've created ways for people to inhabit other people's bodies. These are crimes against mortality. These things are unforgivable. I mean, to me, it sounds like you're the only one who could do something about it. You're the only person who could make something to undo it. I don't know if undoing the Warforge now is possible. All I know that is possible is getting you two out of here. Once Oracle is out of the way, what obstacles do we face to leave? You would face Vintner, and you would face... Cortex. Once the bindings are gone and they know... Yes. If Oracle is gone as well, have I bought myself more time? If Oracle is gone, you can go back and get your Warforged friend. But the timing is going to be difficult. If you take off your bindings, they're going to know. They will want to leave, go to your cell. You will then have to teleport to Oracle, take care of Oracle, and then back. The timing is odd. You're going to what, to Oracle? Sorry, nothing to Oracle. Ho, 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 hmm, hmm, hmm. Please stop asking questions. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have an idea that could could serve us well, but we have to time it so right. I'm all about time. Do you want to? (laughs) That's true. Literally. Like, that's the issue in the whole thing. If I remove the bands to handle Oracle, would that timing allow us enough time to escape? If you were already in the room with Oracle when you removed them, I think it would make the timing better. How are we supposed to get in the room anyways? That's something we're trying to figure out now. I mean, if we could just teleport into the room, the timing wouldn't be anything. I am sure that would be true. Uh-huh. But the timing is bad if we drop out of the pocket dimension. Do you see the circle that you're going around? The second my mm. bands are off, Oracle will know. Yes. Gotcha. I could I could get you in, but if you then I wouldn't be in. able to deal with Vintner and Cortex. If, if you can get us in, then we will be able to probably deal with Vintner and Cortex. That's a trade-off I'd be willing to work with. I was going to say, is there a way that I could possibly stop the bands from coming off to the point where the pocket dimension drops, but still allow you enough breathing room to have more power? No, it's one or the other. You choose. It's a stark divide. I could try and speed us up. You can do whatever you'd like. I'm just trying to tell you, once the bands are off, everyone knows. Sorry, I mean, I can speed. I made Shadow move at like the speed of sound or something a while ago. I'm sure that if I tried really hard, I could make us move really fast. You deal with Oracle and then coming back to get Shadow and then getting out. That's your job. Whatever you do then is fine. I will get you to Oracle. Okay. 
and then you may have to deal with Vintner and Cortex on the way. After dealing can, with Oracle, I can deal with Vintner and Cortex so you can go find Shadow. But I don't want to leave you to just die at the hands of Vintner and Cortex. Oh, I will not die at the hands of Vintner and Cortex. Okay. I will be very honest. Vintner is extremely powerful. He is probably the most skilled person we have here. He has been in this world honing his personal style of becoming a killing machine for over 60 years. He knows how to kill a person efficiently and quickly. Their friend, and he nods over to her, Valros, six shots. He was dead. She slams her fist on the table and stands up. There's like a very negative energy radiating off of her. You were there? I didn't have a choice. She grits her teeth. Like I said... Oh my god, I suppose you couldn't do anything. Like I said, sometimes in order to set things up, I have to play the part. I have to accept the drama. I can't save everyone. But the fact that I can save some of you is worth it to me. Get us into the room, and we'll play it by ear from there. All right. And then Abaddon will stand up. If you need to run from that man, run. Uh, Abaddon nods very understandingly. He um, kind of flicks his head up, and he says, he's going back. Uh, Shadow is going back. I can feel her trying to send him back. You need to go. Now. Um, is there a... We fell through the floor. Is there a... I'll, they'll take you back up. Okay. I can do that. Okay. Um, I'm a spellbender. I can change the effects of different spells we, to you, do things. You said that. We, we really gotta go, though. Okay, yeah. Yep, and then go. we'll... Can can we go stealthily? As stealthily as we can? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, as you leave, he uh, he grabs your hand, Abaddon, and he just says, here, take this. And then he pokes the band on your arm, and as you separate, he just says, nothing, but mouths the word, farewell, and you realize you can't hear anything around you. Do I know why I can't hear anything around me? There is this, like, orb of magical aura that's coming off of you. Um, roll me an arcana check. Oh, that's so clever. I know what he did. Can I also 17. Yeah. You said Arcana? Yeah. 20. Habble jabble. You guys got some pretty good Habble rolls jabble. there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you both know that he cast the silence spell on your bands. And now as you move through, you can go really fast and it's going to be really quiet. Okay. Then I book it. Okay. And I see I, you booking and I just... I Can I book it? Put her on my back like a backpack while I run? Yeah. Do you put the yes. shoes back on? 
Yes. Okay. You put the shoes back on. You lace them up. You put, you grab I her. I go to school. I put my yeah. backpack on. <laughs> I got my shoes on and yeah. I run for the bus. Okay. You grab her. Uh, her Abaddon is offering a piggyback ride. I, I, my, I just crack into like the biggest fucking grin possible. And if I could say words, she would just say, oh, fuck. Yes. And she like grabs on and wraps her hands around your neck. All right. You do so. Uh, you turn back and Daroga. Roland smiles just like this, like full-hearted smile, watching the both of you run and carry joy in this place of joyless existence. And he closes the door behind you. You run out past the waterfall, down towards the access way. You can still hear Maxwell sobbing. And... We can't because there's a silence spell. Oh yeah, no you can't, so never mind. He's just um, crying there. You, you, He's crying. You walk out. Um, both of you roll me perception checks. Okay. Ready for another low roll? Mm. Yes, 12. 12? Nine. Nine. Actually, the DC was eight, so that's very good. Oh, very good. Uh, nice. And you both look up, and you see Maxwell sobbing against the grate of his cell. As he is sitting there, you see the parts of his body that are poxed and... Uh, and you know, scarred and scabbed over are kind of like sinking into the grate as he is slowly deteriorating and healing himself back up. The grate presses a scar into his cheek. He looks down and he sees the both of you on the invisible bridge. And he just smiles. Oh, buddy. And this weak smile fades and he falls unconscious. You both run back to the vines where you are. You grab onto them and they lift you back up. And you return back to the same corner that you were in. Are we on the same bed again? Yes. I hug you really tightly. I push you off my bed. Aww. <laughs> Rejected. I just wanted a hug. No, I accept the hug, but then I'm like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> I look normal. Go. Oh, shit. Fuck. Uh, Shadow, go? you are currently flailing on the floor of an office. <laughs> oh, no, I was hobbling with my crutches. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you grab, the, you grab them, uh, and you walk over to the center area. Mm-hmm. That large pillar of light is mm-hmm. beaming into the air. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of those tubes with people in them, bodies in them, that are just floating, and there are a bunch of different oddly arcano-mechanical machines that are surrounding this ley line. Sure. What do you do? Um, what's the, what's the material of the tube? The tube, it looks like it's just like this thick glass. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Which is very expensive, you would know. Like, glass blowing is a very difficult skill, and to have something like this fabricated would take a lot of money. Are my legs still trying to pull me? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try and hobble over to what looks to be like a control panel. Sure. Um, and is there something that would let me... Uh, potentially open all the prison cells. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, you, like in every good prison movie. You look around. Roll me an investigation check. Okay. This is about to be the most fun, chaotic <laughs> mess. Oh. Four, uh, five, six. Yeah. Oh, I have to be able to see him to make him reroll, huh? Yep. Yep. And also, this is when you're talking to Daroga. Oh, you're man. far away. He's stalling for you to talk to Daroga. Okay. 
All right. What'd you get? Six total? Six, yeah. Yeah, you look around. There's all of these buttons are written in this weird runic language, and you're not yeah. really sure what they mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know for a fact that this is a language called Arcanic, and you have no ability to read Arcanic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's specifically used by spellcasters to make spells. So you assume that each button press activates the spell that is written around the button, things like that. So, but sure. it's super hard to read because you have no idea what it means. So, yeah. Uh, are there actual, there actual bodies in the tube? Yeah. There are floating bodies in, in, in the tubes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to walk up to the tube. Yeah. And, uh, like resting my right arm on one of the crutches. I'm going to put my hand on the glass. <sighs> And I'm going to say, I'm just going to like look at the body that's like floating by. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm really sorry. But this has to happen one way or another. And I'm going to take the crutch that's under my arm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it back over and just jam it yeah. into the glass. Roll me an attack roll. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time. 20. Oh, Very nice. Thematic. You take it and you reel back. Your body starts moving towards your cell, which is in the same direction as this this tube. Mm-hmm. You slam into the tube with this crutch, and the entirety of it of it breaks open. This blue liquid comes spilling out. The top of it cracks off and falls to the side into the ley line, and it immediately is vaporized from the heat in the ley line. Oh, God. And oh. as it falls off and this body falls forward, you watch as a man in roughly his 27 age years, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, is a pale-skinned man with long white hair, striking blue eyes, and on the ground is a body of Vintner. What? what? Uh, Do I have more of this guy? Oh, does he, like, w- wake up? No. He just oh. lays there unconscious um i look at that in like immediately you just hear this as like this like low deep thrumming starts to echo across the entirety of the complex is that like an alarm yeah definitely gotcha um i'd look down and just say you ugly son of a bitch (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah he's just he's laying on the ground and there is no life in this. Okay. You hear this stomping from behind you as you see maybe about a 50 feet away, Vintner comes out of his office <laughs> and he just says, what are you doing? Looking at a corpse. He looks down. And he just says, that is not for your eyes. Back to the cell. What is Oracle going to see? He pulls out his gun and he tries to shoot your crutches. I'm going to hold up one in front of my body. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. As you do this, roll me a dexterity check because I'm pretty sure that you will not be able to hold this up and stop yourself from walking back to the cell at the same time. Yeah, but that's fine. It's working. A dex check? Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Uh, Dex, uh, seven. So as he pulls out his gun, he just... 
shoots three times these force blasts from the front of it. Mm -hmm. They collide with the crutches. The crutches splinter into nothing as they, uh, they get impacted with these force bolts. And in the same moment, you start walking back to the cell and he just says, um, let me take a look here. Yeah. Command, cell OC. And he points towards a different cell. And you you change paths paths and you walk towards a different cell. Gotcha. Um, am I still close enough to his body? Uh, you are you are just now still by it. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. Can I reach down and grab like the leg or the arm? Yeah. Or some yeah. Limb? Totally. I'm gonna grab that. <laughs> yeah. And just I'm taking this with me. He just says, "What are you doing? <laughs> Follow my orders." It's a surprise tool. It'll help us. I'm later. still going to the cell, aren't I? He walks, he just says, I don't know what he would do in this moment. It's such a weird moment to watch a body of yourself. Yeah, he just stands there and he just watches you and he just says, you are such a disappointment. And you walk over to the cell. Yep. You pass by that lake. Uh, it's it's the one closest to the lake mm-hmm. uh, where where this cell is. And you just walk over to the cell. The door opens. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um, I'm going to, as the door uh, is probably going to close, I'm just yeah. going to wedge his body. <laughs> oh, God. Oh my God. You wedge the body in the door, and he just says, for the love of God. <laughs> and it just <laughs> closes, and the body is mm. bisected. Oh. Wonderful. And uh, he, you can hear him kind of clunking around. And after he sees this body bisected, you just hear him just, and he just shoots this gun into the air. You hear these bolts of energy just colliding with the ceiling of this room as very obviously they go incredibly far, mm-hmm. right? Um, you would know that other things other other um you know ranged weapons would not have the distance to clear the entirety of this cavern to its height right because it's like 200 feet high right but his all collide with the ceiling jesus okay and you can just hear him grab the back of the body and you just hear him slam it into the door angrily and then he just throws it and you hear this as it splashes into the water you now have the top half of Vintner's like bisected body just mm. laying in the cell with you. Uh, so if I'm in the cell, I can still see out the top. I'm going to grab. You can see out the back, right? You So the top, oh. the top is covered. The front is covered. The sides are covered. The back is the grate that looks over the river. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, inside the cell, there's not like a... Okay, yeah, there's nothing that I can see out into that area from. Um, no, not the front. It's specifically controlled from outside. Okay. Um, I'm just going to look down at this and then just uh, yell at the door. Um, so what iteration are you? Oh. Sheesh. He, he just... I don't think he answers you. I think he just walks away. Not happy with... This one? Yeah. I think what you see is you hear him go back and close and slam the door to his office. Mm -hmm. And then as you are looking out the back grate, Mm -hmm. you see the bottom half 
float by on the river. Mm. Okay. And you hear from the cell next to you, Is anyone there? Flicker us confused. Where are you? Why am I in here again? I'm in the cell next to you. You see a metal hand reach out of the grate, and there are these fingers that just press through the mesh. And it just says, Flicker is scared. I'm going to go over and hold the hand with my hand. It's okay. We'll get out. We? Is Flicker we? Yeah. I think so. Flicker is... Flicker is happy. Good. Flicker, excited to leave. That's good. Flicker, can you... What's restraining you from using your power? Metal shell holds Flicker in. I'd look down at the hand. It's it. You didn't realize it because you don't really have nerves, mm-hmm. but it's very hot. You can see the tips of your fingers starting to glow. Oh, he said. Er, sorry, they say. I am confused. Flicker is confused. I'd. Uh, I don't understand my my my. And he just. Or er, sorry, they just motion towards their hands from as much as they can mm-hmm. around the grate. I'm going to try and start peeling away some of the metal carefully. You grab it and release it, and as you do so, you, like, rip the finger off of one of the hands, and the fire just explodes outwards, like, maybe three feet, yeah? And you just hear them say, (sighs) Good. This is how we can be free, Flicker. Flicker help you. Flicker help us all. 